Welcome to C3 Church, Queen's Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. Thank you for having me, Pastor Nicole and Pastor Steve. And it's been a little bit of a long time coming. I was intended to come earlier this year, but you know, that nasty uh, virus that's going around kind of got in the way. So I know you guys have been here six months, but this place has such a fresh anointing on it. There is an openness here, there's a light and life here that, that just wasn't at your previous location. And I'm, I'm so happy for you that this is where you guys are. This is where you get to worship and be and, and celebrate. And I think there's um, like a real regrowth that's going to happen here. And so hold on to that, hold on to the promise that this is the place, the house of miracles that God has for you guys. It's going to um, bring some, some change in the coming months. I even see the back end of this year just being more fruitful than perhaps you could ask or imagine. So I was going to come for Mother's Day and I was praying before that and asking God, what do you have for Quinn's Beach? And God said to me, read Ephesians. So we're going to deep dive into Ephesians. We're going to unpack it chapter by chapter, verse by verse. You guys are cool to be here for a few hours, right? No worries there. No, we're not doing that. And it did seem to be a little bit broad, but I stepped into that obediently. I read through the book of Ephesians a couple of times. I let it play in my car. And as I did, the, the prayer that Paul prays in the centre of Ephesians that we've heard so beautifully already today started to resonate in my heart and some clarity around that started to come. And who knows that sometimes we do only get a small amount of revelation from God, but as we step into it, more clarity comes. Holy Spirit makes a way, orders our steps. And as I was preparing this message, I feel like that's a word for someone here, that you've actually received what you feel is a bit of a vague direction from God, and you're even questioning, is it from God? And the answer is yes. Step into it, start moving towards it, and Holy Spirit is going to bring some clarity. So if that resonates for you, take a hold of that. So Ephesians 3, verses 16 to 19, started to just settle in my spirit. And I have a scrapbook on my desk, and I write words on it. At the moment, it says grace. Uh, I write scriptures on it. And I was cleaning my desk, moved the scrapbook, and a piece of paper fell out of it and literally landed at my feet. And I glanced down, and I had written Ephesians 3, 16 through 18 out beautifully in nice little writing on this piece of paper. So that felt like confirmation. Two days after that, a girlfriend of mine who's very prayerful, she's moved to Sydney, she was out walking her dog, and she sent me this message. And she said, Holy Spirit has told me in no uncertain terms to send you this scripture and that you will know why. Ephesians 3, 16 through 19. Pastor Jace preached at our end of our youth conference at Hepburn Heights last weekend. Same scripture. My beautiful daughter, Lauren, who just led us so beautifully in communion, thank you. We live in the same house, but we didn't, you know, prepare together. And when I said to her, this is what I'm preaching out of, she just laughed and said, so is my communion. <laughs> so I think we can, unless we're a little bit deaf, say that this is 
God is wanting us to hear today. Ephesians is a letter that Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus. And Ephesus was a large city. It was a centre of worship of most of the Greek and Roman gods. So it was a city that was full of temples, full of altars, full of statues. But it was actually a really hard city to evangelise because people would say yes to Jesus and they would, you know, grab a hold of the gospel and get excited about it. But really what they were doing was just adding it to their collection of gods because they didn't want to displease any gods. So I was like, oh, new god, okay, sure, we can worship Jesus. We'll just add him to the list um, that we have going already. And I feel like sometimes we can do the same thing. Sometimes, instead of Jesus being the centre of our lives, we pop him off to the side a little bit. We can get a little bit of an idea of, you know, how amazing God is and we're at church or a connect group and we're happy to sit and, and, and centre and focus on Jesus at that point. But that kind of can sometimes feel like church stuff, our spiritual life. And then over here, we've got what we consider to be our real life, every day. All the normal things are, are over here. And so on Sundays, worshipping Jesus. Monday through Friday, perhaps we're over here, worshipping at the altar of our family. Worshipping at the temple of finances. Going to the shops and worshipping at the uh, you know, communal gathering of materialism. <laughs> we can park ourselves in other ways. We can worship other gods during the week. Even though they don't have the names of Greek and Roman gods, that they can replace Jesus in our heart. And so we need to have a bit of a, a different perspective. Instead of thinking spiritual life, normal life, that we shift and start to believe that we are God's people, his chosen called children, and that we live our lives daily following Jesus, that we are followers of Jesus, spirit-led, moment-by-moment people. So Paul was in Ephesus for two years, planting and growing this church, but he wrote this letter to them after he had been in prison. And he structures this letter in two sort of halves, I suppose. So chapters one to three tell the gospel story and he really clearly outlines how important Jesus is, that all of history, all of the Old Testament prophecies, everything in history and on earth and under the earth all comes unified and together, glorified in this pinnacle of Jesus Christ, who he was and through his life, death and resurrection. So he's trying to show his audience Jesus is different. He's not just one of your ordinary gods. And then the second half is chapters four through six. And he talks about how the gospel can impact everyday lives, that we can respond to the gospel by living out our lives in a way that glorifies Jesus, that we can put off our old self, put on our new self, our new redeemed self in the light of what Jesus has done. And he outlines the characteristics of what the new self should look like and how Holy Spirit can be evident in our lives. And he uses the Christian household as an example. So it's quite practical. He's, he's talking into people's everyday life. And he also addresses the reality of evil and our need to stand strong. And he uses the metaphor of the armour of God, which you may be familiar with. So we've got Ephesians in a nutshell, the gospel and how to live it. 
sometimes that's really hard, isn't it? We struggle with that sometimes. How do we, how do we bridge that? So the bridge between the two halves of this letter is actually the prayer that we've just heard that Paul prays over the Ephesians at the end of chapter 3. Sometimes we struggle with knowing practically how to connect our love for Jesus, our acceptance of the good news, our salvation, and how to actually live that out every single day. And the key is love. The key through that prayer is, is God's empowering love. Without it, what we've got is the good news and a bit of a dry to-do list. And so we're actually not strong enough to do that ourselves. So let's read again this prayer, Ephesians 3, 16 through 19. This is in the New Living Translation. Paul says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide and long and high and deep is his love. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. What an awesome prayer. Let's just sit in that for a moment. This prayer covers our empowering, our ability to trust, love, growth, completion, completeness. Through this prayer, Paul is asking God to help us be empowered with strength by his spirit, to help us to make Christ at home within our hearts, to grow in trust in him that we would have roots that grow down deep in God's love that keep us strong, power to understand God's love, which is hard to understand, that we would experience the love of Christ, not just know it, and then we are made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. I don't know about you, but I really want that full life. I, I want this. If we are honest with ourselves, there's probably something on that list that we're really craving right now. We want to be empowered in our inner strength, with inner strength from God. We know that our own strength is really limited and probably never more so than the last few years. I, I guess we could all put our hand up and say at some point we've realised the limit of our own strength. So we really need that. We want Jesus at home and alive in our hearts. And we want to be able to trust God. We want to be able to reposition our hearts and our thinking into that place of trust because so much peace comes to us when we actually trust God with our lives, with every little detail. And there have been, and there still are, so many things around us right now that really erode that trust. So much noise, so many things to worry about on the news, in social media, word of mouth, lots of conversations that eat away at that peacefulness, that trust. And we have to continually remind ourselves, hang on, that might be going on, but I actually trust Jesus. Amen. We want to position ourselves to put down roots that go deeply into God's well of love so that we remain strong and that we don't topple over. Anyone feel like they've toppled over in the last couple of months, years, maybe this morning? Uh, <laughs> we want the power 
power that comes from the Holy Spirit to understand God's love better for ourselves, but so that we can love others better as well. We so need to know what this wide and long and high and deep love means and looks like. We want to experience God's love, not just know about it. We want to be made complete. We want to live full lives and we need the empowering from God who is love. So the pivotal idea here about this prayer is that God's love empowers. We need to know it, experience it and learn about it, the magnitude of it, so that we can live for Jesus. We really cannot do this in our own strength. We all try. So love, that's the key. But maybe you're a little bit like me. Maybe you throw the word love around a lot. We can just as easily apply love to our favourite food, our favourite movie, uh, someone's new haircut, as the person we love the most, or our children. Listening to myself before coming here, I was thinking how many times I say I love something, but I mean so many varied things by that. I had a facial recently and the lady said to me at the beginning, let's show your skin some love. We groomed our dog recently. He's a border collie, he's quite hairy. We removed an entire Woolworths bag full of hair from the dog. And then Derek looked at the dog and said, now you look like someone loves you. So we equate a lot of things with this word love. We might equate love with sex or companionship or friendship or things in our lives, all of which will change and let us down over our lifetime. They're not gonna be consistently the same. What we truly crave is what the Greeks refer to here as agape love. God's love, perfect, faithful, sacrificial, committed, and not expecting anything in return kind of love. Agape love is wide enough to encompass us all. It's long enough to be consistently the same throughout history. It never changes. It's high enough because it comes from heaven. It is not a human kind of love. It's deep enough to reach down to us, right where we're at, and sustain us. This kind of love can be relied on. This kind of love empowers us to keep going, to keep seeking Jesus, to keep loving others. So I feel like there's three main things that this prayer shows us about God's love. The first one is that God's love changes and strengthens us. After having that facial, my skin felt really soft. After grooming our dog, his coat was really soft and he looked shinier and better and neater. God's love changes us. It softens us towards God, towards the things of God and towards other people. It's a fruit of God's spirit. It's the first one listed in that list that Paul writes to the Galatians. So fruit can be seen. God's love in us and in our lives should be evident to other people. It, it changes us and people notice the difference. When we feel loved, we feel seen, we feel affirmed, we might feel invincible. The opinions of others matter a whole lot less. We don't care as much anymore. filled up with this amazing love of God. 
God's love can surround us, change us, and strengthen us to live our lives in a way that pleases God. And it frees us to show this love to others. We're not so self-protective and, and self-focused. When we're full up of God's love, when we're filled to the brim, we've got enough for it to overflow and help us. Now, our dog really doesn't like being groomed. It requires lots of treats and us to be a little bit patient. We have to work around him and we keep working at it until it's done in a way that's kind, gentle, patient, so it doesn't freak him out. God's love for us is exactly the same. Surrendering to the process of being changed by God's love might feel uncomfortable or it might seem confronting, but Paul reminds us in Corinthians that God's love is patient and kind and gentle. And so as we allow God's love to change us, that process is not going to hurt anywhere near as much as we think. And we're going to end up looking detangled, shiny, groomed, happy, alive, kind, patient, loving kind of people. And we'll be stronger for it. The second point is that as humans, we have such a need to keep taking a hold of God's love. Such a paradox is in this prayer. It says that we would understand God's love that we can never fully understand. Thanks, Paul, that's helpful. But the Greek word used here, which is so long and tricky, I won't pretend I can pronounce it, but it did remind me of Kalamata olives. Um, it's not Kalamata, but it's something like that. The word there is actually about understanding in a way that means the strength to grasp or take a hold of God's love. And this for us is a lifelong process. We find it easy to forget our need for God's love. We try and do it in our own strength. And we also have a need for each other here. Each of us experiences God's love differently. We all get a little piece of the pie. We get a different experience. And so we need to share with one another our experiences of God's love. Never doubt the power of your testimony of God's love in your world, because as you share it, it's quite likely it's going to help somebody else take a hold of God's love for themselves. It's going to grow their understanding of God's wide and high and deep and long love. So think about how you've received God in the past. Hold that in your heart. Don't forget. Don't forget. Hold on to it so that it's ready to share with someone else. And lastly, experiencing God's love empowers us. It's not enough for us to know about God's love. God wants us to experience it for ourselves. 1 John 4 8 says that God is love. So he wants us to experience him. He wants us close to him. He designed us to be in relationship with him. His deepest desire is for us to know the fullness of his love. And chances are that's not going to happen for us until heaven. But he wants us to go on the journey in our lifetime, to keep stepping out, seeking and finding closer relationship with him and the love that Jesus died to set us free to receive. 
Romans 5, 8 says, God demonstrated his love for us in that Jesus died for us while we were still sinners. So there's no prerequisite for this love. There's no getting things right and then I'll get the love badge. You know, there's no, no, nothing like that. We don't level up into God's love, you know, if we're good enough Christians. It's just here, right now. God's love empowers us to be our best, to be the best version of ourselves, the one that God created and crafted us to be. God's love detangles our lives, restores us, heals us, helps us to have a fully empowered, full life in God. And when we know this, we can become an expression of God's love for other people. And church, that's how our church grows. People see the love of Christ in us and they go, I want that. What is that that they've got? It's the love of Christ. And so I would just love for us all to stand. If you're comfortable closing your eyes, holding out your hands. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give.